What is up, everybody? This is an awesome episode of Rick for Dirt. And I'm, I'm just going to start it off by that because it's a very personal episode for me. So welcome to Rick for Dirt, the podcast that brings the adventure to you. I'm Ali. I'm Frank. And we're out here in Wrightwood. Yeah. We're on the border of basically Felon. Yeah. And Wrightwood. Yeah. And we're just high enough to be able to see some snow on the on the surrounding hills. And we are at a very special place. It really is. It's an eventful place. Deeply personal. Deeply personal. Um, I would like to think that it's a result of this location that we're at at this exact moment of why we're even talking to each other right now. Would that's you say true. that's fair? That's, 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 that's absolutely fair. Like it's it's like that butterfly effect. It's the impetus. Like this is this is what, like you said, the butterfly effect. This is what started the the dominoes cascading in that direction. I mean, up to the point four. It's almost four years. So January first, two thousand twenty-two, will mark an exact four years of the day I got stuck to the moment we're sitting here now. Like, or that didn't exactly make sense. But my point is. In about a week and a half, it'll be four years from that moment till now. Yes. And, I, you know, I was thinking about it like, do you see where you're going to be four or five years from now? I mean, we all have an idea of where we want to be, right? Where we want to be. Yeah, exactly. But, but we don't. But yeah, you never know. You have like, no idea. Like, I mean, I think there are some people with a really strong plan. Usually students who know, like, I'm going to get into Harvard. I'm going to graduate this yeah. time. I'm going to go to. Yeah. 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 But at that point, like, your life for the next four years is pretty well mapped out between yeah. class schedules and, but that's as close and midterms. As a doctor, <laughs> maybe, you know, like, in, in 20 years, I'm going to be a doctor, you know? Right. Like, but for me, at that time in my life, I was working at 511. Uh, Sorry, that sun just came out of nowhere. Nowhere, right? It was like, blasted you in the face. Yeah. Uh, there's a ton of cloud cover right now. It's pretty overcast. We're going to get rain tomorrow. It's gorgeous though, man. It's, but it's, you're right though. It's so peaceful out it's here. It's so peaceful. Like if you're not dealing with a vehicle that's stuck in six inches of mud and gravel and ice and slush, it's a very nice location. It actually is a really nice little trail. <laughs> it's a super short, super nice trail. It'll shave five minutes off your drive if you're going up the two. I and believe if you don't is. get stuck. And you don't get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Um... But uh, where so, was I going? So I want to add, you were yeah. talking about how like things don't end up yeah. the way you plan. Yeah, you, I would have, like I was working at 511. I did not know in four years I'd be sitting in this seat. Not, first of all, not, I would have had no clue that I wouldn't be working for them. I thought that was a right, you were, forever job. Right? right, right. And then, which which goes back to talk about like what we think we know for the future isn't always the future we're going to end up living, right? Best laid plans. Best laid plans. Best laid plans. Mice and you know, like, yeah, like it's uh I think I think it's a testament to to being allowing yourself flexibility, right? And just trusting trusting the process that is life, right? right? Like you and we've talked about this when it comes to overcoming obstacles and how we all survive. Look, we're obviously all still here. You're listening to the podcast, you've made it this far in life for now. Right? You've survived, right, to today. And so I think it's a testament to just kind of trusting that you're not at the end. Right. You know, and that things are, even if it's not your plan, right? Like your plan was to stay at 511. Even if that doesn't happen, like there's the, the meandering way will eventually get you to the, to the goal. I like that. I like that. It's not always a straight path. No, no, it's It's not. Sometimes. I mean, who wants a straight path? Like straight up, like, doesn't that seem just kind of, 
I mean, unless you're a college student, like we said earlier, yeah. <laughs> like once you're done with that, though, it kind of seems like a like a dull and boring kind of. Well, I was talking to an old coworker today, as a matter of fact, Randy over at KC, and I was telling him like how with the new gig, I'm over at Off the Grid Surplus now, and I'm running the entire marketing department, but I'm running the entire marketing department with very little help. And I was telling him, I'm like, it's totally paid off because off the grid's a huge opportunity for me to really be invested in something from like pretty much the beginning. Pretty be- Yeah, pretty early. Yeah, I mean, he's been yeah. like, let's not discredit all of Josh's efforts. He has busted his ass for like over seven years to like build a company. But as a as a company that's really coming into its own, I, th- I would say it's it's at the forefront of its future. Yeah. Um, with that said, uh, you know, it's a good investment for me for time and energy, but it's such a benefit to me to have worked all those other jobs and all the random jobs, all the internships I've had, um, all the different positions of, you know, me aggressively climbing the ladder and doing this and that and the other to get to the point where I could do three, four people's jobs. Right. And granted, it is stressful and it is not my ideal whatsoever, but I have enough working experience and a bunch of different things to, to do this. And it's like, yeah, you, that's all a result of working my way up, working different things, trying new things, uh, being available to do stuff that maybe wasn't my thing. Yeah. And that, that's kind of like that path. I never went to school. So for me, my path was definitely meandering. It was yeah. meandering all over the fucking place. Like, <laughs> um, meandering off the path. And yeah, back I mean, there's it. places where meandering make, where a straight line makes sense. Yeah. You know, when there's places where, where you should meander as much as freaking possible. And especially you know? when you have time on your side. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like, look, you know, and there's times in your life that are for meandering and times that aren't, right? Like, let's just take finances, for example. Is today's right? word going to be meandering? Yes. Every time we Every say time we it, say it we got to scream and yeah. yell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got an homage to, to Pee-wee in his, in his fabulous playhouse. Um, like, when you're young, obviously, you can meander a lot more, mm-hmm. right? You can meander financially. You can meander with your time. You can do all this stuff, right? And then as you get older into your 40s and 50s, maybe financially you want to be a little more straight line. Yeah. Right. You want to start putting money. You don't where have the belongs. benefit of wandering around right. and trying things out. <laughs> right. You want to. You want to start building a, a nest egg and kind of have something that retires on versus you know that kind of stuff. But you can still meander in a lot of other ways. Right. I feel like I'm gonna make a pottery shop where I build my own tea kettles and then serve tea out of them and sell them to people. Oh, dude, that's a that's a full like end to end business plan. Oh right. But then it. <laughs> but then like next month you talk to the same guy. He's like, yeah. So I decided I was gonna get into like making custom coat hangers for people. Who right. like, who, who like don't bespoke. like who don't like those pokey shoulders in their, t- their yeah, t-shirts bespoke coat hangers <laughs> people who hang their t-shirts <laughs> but when you're you when you're younger you come up with stupid ideas totally. like that and then totally actually the t1 i don't think is that bad no that could be a cool i think actually model. someone does do that oh really i mean okay. I, I'm, I'm just guessing there has to be someone out there that makes teapots and then serves tea out of them out of them at, and then you at, could buy the their, teapot in their own tea store yeah yeah that'd be rad <laughs> weird tangent but yes yeah so anyways actually you know what i think that was from the fucking alchemist was it yeah I think I just stole Paulo Coelho's uh, entire <laughs> his, his whole his chapter, whole, his whole, a whole chapter out of his, his book. Bit. <laughs> Anyways, um. <laughs> so let me ask you something. Yeah. Um, to kind of bring it back to why we're here, what was the plan? Like January first, or maybe sooner. Like maybe you guys thought of this like on the uh, New Year's Eve. But yeah. what was the plan? What was the family plan where you we guys were, were like, we're gonna pile the kids in the car, we're gonna head up to to Wrightwood. 
what's what was supposed to be what was supposed to happen that day what was supposed to happen is we were supposed to go to the quiet mountain we were supposed to go to the least trafficked place not big bear we were going to save on time from going to big bear we we're going to go to rightwood okay because and for those who don't know rightwood has its own resort yeah kind of like yeah it's a place or it's a fucking mountain high mountain high yeah. okay yeah that's mountain right high. And uh, we were going to go to Mount High and we were going to go sledding and, you know, nobody's going to be there right. on New Year's Day right? with some snow. <laughs> Especially not a bunch of locals. Yeah, not a bunch right. of locals. <laughs> and, and it's not like there's only one road that goes into the dam. Also yeah. true, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess there's another one that comes around the backside, but I didn't know about that one. So we came up the main road, the two, I believe it is. Yeah, State Route 2, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was five miles an hour. And we, I think we covered this in the very first podcast. Yeah. Um, so I won't. Go, but the plan was we would go sledding. Okay. Yeah. So the kids were stoked. Everyone's piling in. Family's super happy. Oh, my God. Everybody was and stoked. Then, uh, Stoke was high. And then the We traffic were being hit. spontaneous, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's the best. We were being spontaneous. That's the best. Traffic hit. And then w- someone had to pee. Waze, yeah. Somebody had to pee. Waze came to the rescue, said, hey, just keep going down this road you're on. Rescue. And, <laughs> Air quotes. Uh, and we went down the road. We got stuck. Got separated from the family for eight hours. You, the details are in that first right, episode. Right, yeah, for sure. So check it out. Um, but, you know, connected with them like hours later, eight plus hours later. Yeah. Got off the mountain by around 1030. Oof. And had to come back the following day and grab um, grab my vehicle out. Which, oh, so you guys had to leave it here. Yeah, I had to leave it here overnight, which I think I got to it at the neck of time because some dude was coming with chains did you already have vultures circling? Yeah, them? right. Yeah. Right when so <laughs> Part, I got parts vultures. Yeah, I got helped by this guy Steve, who was the he was the impetus of me wanting to build a jeep. Like if I got rescued by a Toyota, I might have a Tacoma right now. But <laughs> I got rescued by a jeep, and I always wanted a jeep when I was younger. But yeah, got rescued by a jeep, saw what he was capable of, and said, "I am driving the wrong fucking car, and I don't know anything about this stuff." Yeah, I literally know nothing. And when Steve. Um, Got me out. He, he kept driving, and that's what really ran it home was he kept driving down where I was, and I'm like, but there's so much mud there. Like it was nothing. Yeah, the, yeah, like it was nothing, and I was so dumb. Which is kind of how we're looking at it right now. Like, we're just like, really? You well, got stuck here? <laughs> I mean, I would say if there was a little, I, I would like it to be wet so you could really get the full. Oh, no, this place looks like it gets full slush. Oh, it's like this so place, gnarly. You can see the kind of dirt that it is, and it's that it, you can see how this turns into that kind of pasty, oh, kind of like sludgy stuff because it's, it's so like bad. a really... Like paste yeah. is the best way I can describe yeah. it. Like that's probably what it looks like. And it's so fine that, you know, when I was trying to shovel out of it, and I'll tell you, you're not going to make any headway trying to shovel out of shit like this because <laughs> it's so wet and so granular and like it just fills in. Yeah. It's it like it's keeps... like trying to go to the beach and it's yeah. trying to shovel a spot that gets swept by the water. Yep. That's you basically have a lot it of. It just keeps coming in on itself. Yeah. It keeps coming in on itself because there's a lot of moisture that's constantly yeah filling you know yeah any void so anyways steve gets me out and and then it starts yeah essentially from that moment i resolved in my mind i'm getting rid of this fucking car i'm gonna learn how to off-road it wasn't until months later that i got the jeep and and then i set out on on a little war path to to build the most you know off-road capable functional badass thing i could build which it's funny because it makes sense to me now like now that i've known you for a long time or for a while um when you when you talk about the timeline like it's pretty quick like you 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 set your mind to it you just you or shouldn't say your mind to it you made the decision 
this car's done. It's Jeep time. And yeah. then boom, it was like selling, buying, getting ready, you know, going to, um, you know, taking it on a first off-road trip and splashing through the mud, yep. right? And then going to rig for dirt or sorry, Gorman. back then. Yeah, Gorman, exactly. Like it was like it's, and now that I know you, I can go, yeah, that's exactly how it still is. Like mm-hmm. you're like, I'm going to do this. And then everything from that point forward is a direct line to that. <laughs> It's dude, and we were talking about it on the way, and that, I think that's what fires me up when, you know, there's that saying like, if you shine bright enough, people want to like put you out or whatever. Yeah. Like, um, and I and I've and I don't even feel like I'm even where I want to be yet, but it's like as soon as you start like doing some cool shit, and you're feeling a little good about yourself. There's people that come out of the fucking woodworks to just like tear yeah. you apart, and it's come up in a few podcasts, and I'm not going to beat this that horse that much, but. Like, literally, it's garbage. Like, we should be stoked to see other people do well or find their way through because it's proof and validation that whatever we're doing or attempting to do is possible. Yeah. And if we're not doing that for each other, like, what the fuck are you there for? Yeah. I mean, that's always... It's weird how people do that. Like, you see it in sports especially, right, where people will do, like, the first double backflip, the first triple backflip, the first quadruple twist backflip, right? right? And it's impossible until that one guy does it. And then this is like the irony of a mental block, or not the irony, but the definition of a mental block, right? Where you tell yourself, this is the limit, right? And somehow, everyone agrees that's the limit until one guy does the triple twist backflip. And then what happens two months later at the next competition? All of a sudden, everyone can do it. Right. Like... Because it's like, oh, that's possible? Exactly. Exactly. It was it was super impossible. No one could do it. One guy did it, and all of a sudden, it became possible. Right. Which is kind of, it just it like it it blows my mind how we put up these barriers and we adhere to them so like rigidly that when someone questions it, we're like, "You're fucking crazy. You're fucking stupid. That's impossible." End of story. Dude, in, in their minds. And I and I literally think this might be the most seamless segue into talking about when I was building this Jeep. And what people were telling me about what I should do or how to do it. And I always knew I had a plan that I just wanted to go bigger, better, stronger, faster, whatever. And it's like, it's almost like, oh, well, you can either be a crawler or you could be an overlander or, you know, you could set it up to go race Nora, but it'll be just a, just a race car. Like, right. There were all these things where it's like, you're either just going to do this or you're just going to do that. And I met up with, I met up with Brad, Trail Recon, um, Josh, Eric, all those guys, uh, Marco, and they were the ones who kind of like, you know, I would give them a ton of credit. That whole crew out in San Diego, yeah, because those guys like to go out and they like to get down. And yeah, Brad has a really, and he is, he's a extremely um, straightforward, clean cut individual. He's like, he's he's definitely a role model for a lot of people. He's very methodical, I think. Yeah, right, uh, in, in very in, very intent on what he does oh 100 but he likes to have fun yeah he likes to have fun marco for sure like you know if you have a bad idea marco is usually down to do it <laughs> um same with josh uh same with eric so you know brad on the other hand i think he he might want to do it but he's not going to because he's got his reputation and everything <laughs> to, to stick with and his vehicle is his career so he doesn't want to fuck it up if he doesn't have to but for the rest of the guys it's like all of us we uh We've definitely gone above and beyond um, what I think traditionally people would think of as, of the rigs. And I th- I'd like to think that a lot of what we've done has shown people with oversized heavy rigs, like, oh, you could go do, potentially go do that stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think it's we not were out of reach. Dude, we were one of the first Jeeps. 
you and me together because yeah. you were with me on that whole trip of EJS three years ago. Three, I think we were. It'll the, be three years this EJS, yeah. Dude, so two and a half. I didn't see any other rooftop tent jeeps out there on yeah. any major trail run. Yeah. Um, and we did some hard shit with the Yukon team. Yes. And it's like we showed people, hey. Oh, that was yeah, that was three years ago. You're yeah. right. Okay, yeah, I remember. I know what you're talking about now. Dude, that was within a year. Yeah, you're right. Getting this all together, dude. I like, remember, and again, we don't have to rehash it because it's episodes. But one yeah. thing I don't like is is when people tell inside jokes. So, like that was. The episode you have to listen. I think it's called uh, Moab or something. It's like part one, two, and three. I think in Moab yeah. in the episode list. So definitely listen. It'll to be those. the middle one. I think. Yeah. About that, and, yeah. Exactly. And that was where I mean to show how it was so new to you. Like you were still figuring out the clutch. Oh, dude! I had... Like I remember you were sweating bullets. Literally, we did one obstacle, and you gave me this look where you just exhaled, and there was a bead of sweat, and your back <laughs> was wet with sweat. So that like, was that was I think our first that was day. That. Yeah, that Wait, was. Oh, no. So, well, we went on the trail run with Warren, yes. which Jesse Combs, yes. God rest her soul, she was leading. Yes. And that was a fun, awesome That time. was an amazing time. And, and there that was, was my that, first obstacle. And there was that, yep. yeah, that crazy kind of like climb that you mm-hmm. had to turn left, then turn right. And had to was, do a three-point turn at loose. one point. Yeah, it was yeah. loose and it was steep. Yes, I remember that. And every single person I saw at Jeep was like shaking their heads kind of like, oh, okay. This is going to be a shit show. This is, is going to be interesting. I remember yeah. people getting out of their Jeeps just to watch. Yeah. Like, they were just yeah. like, this is going to be a fucking yard sale. Yep. Uh, and then that second day with uh, Sexton, yeah. Dusty Sexton and- uh, Even he said it. Neil remember, from Yukon, yeah. I remember he said it, like, he's you're bringing that? Yeah. Like, I remember he, and you were just, and he's just like- I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Grinning from ear to ear like a yeah. fucking buffoon, like, yep, we're going to send it. And I, someone said, I, it might have been one of the guys that was there, but he was just like, well, if anyone can get you through it, it's going to be him. Yep. And then he even said- he goes, if I tell you it can't be done, it can't be done. Yep. He goes, so just let me spot you, do exactly as I say, yep. and we'll get you through most of this. Dude, I would have that guy spot me through fucking anything. He was, dude, that dude was, he was surgical, like in his in the way that he, he knew would, exactly what it was oh, going to do. It was insane. How I was going to do it? Yeah. It was like watching the Oracle of off of off roading <laughs> tell you what would happen if you didn't follow his line, and then watch it exactly unfold he's the all, way he said. Like he's what. To get up that hill, he's like, as soon as you start rolling, just hit it. Yeah. Give it everything you've got. Yeah. I'm like, really? And sure enough, did it. And <laughs> There aren't many times that someone's going to tell you that God. too, by the way. <laughs> and you just trust. Yes. Like, blind, stupid trust. Yes. And for somebody like him, it pays off with. Some some other friends of mine, not so much. But uh, I, won't, I, won't, yeah. I won't call names out. You know who you are, fucker. Um, but then, like, people like Martin who we just did uh, what we did in Johnson Valley. Yeah, yeah. That's Him and Dusty are probably the two best spotters I've ever had. Like, I've had the old grizzled guys tell me what to do and hang me up, and then I just stop listening to them and I get through it. And But I've but people like Dusty or Martin, like, I'll never second guess what they say. Yeah, and Dusty, like, they're, and they're two different methods because, like, I feel like Dusty, he, he expects you to meet him at his level. Like, he just, he gives you direction, and he tells you what to do, right. and he's not doing it in in like an aggressive way. He's just saying, "Look, this is." They don't have a lot of bullshit. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. There's not they're a lot not, of bullshit. They're not sugarcoating it, no. and they're just telling you how it is. And they expect you to meet them at their level and say yes and no, do it, don't do it, right? And so, whereas Martin, Martin wants to make sure that you're ready to receive instruction. Like he was very methodical so, in the way that he set up the whole process yep. in general, dude. So. <laughs> Uh, I really want to talk about that yeah. because he, you're right, 100. He, 
the dude had a plan and he kept saying stuff to me leading up to the day of like, you know, the days before he would be like, Oh, I got some stuff for you. I'm like, what do you, what do you, is <laughs> yeah, he what does he, does he have, does he have like <laughs> steel have like, max tracks? Like, have like charts and like <laughs> diagrams and shit. What's like, happening? What's he got, he got like special like winch rope for me. Like, what's he got? Like, and, uh, so he'd say shit like that. And so like to back up a little bit, this whole process was designed around wanting to build the most badass rig. And what episode was it where we were in Johnson Valley? It was like our third episode. Fourth. It was pretty early on. Pretty we were, early. We, the one that we were with Rebel. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty early on. So it was at that moment. Because, yeah, that, that happened night. in February. Mm-hmm. So that would have been like episode three, I think. Dude. Yeah, because we started in late January. So two or three. I mean, literally, the Jeep got done in late October. It went to SEMA. That was yeah. where it was the most immaculate, right? Never been wheeled ever. We were freezing our nuggets on the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> to, to Rebel's party in Johnson Valley. Yeah. Which was our first, and it's funny to think that we literally just went to their party and we had no expectation of witnessing anything. We, we didn't know what to expect. Like we, I don't think either one of us had no. ever been to King of the Hammers. No, and I'm I'm the one who's like, especially after a couple of beers, I'm drawn to like a flame. Yeah. And you're like, I'm drawn to <laughs> your, my to bed. Chaos. You're you're drawn to your bed. Correct. <laughs> I'm drawn to to flame and chaos. So, Correct. <laughs> so you went. I was actually behind you. You went back to leave. Yeah. And I kept looking at my rearview mirror going, I remember I have to I have to go there. Yeah. It was it was like a like a little like devil on your shoulder yeah. saying, Do it, do it, just do go. It. Just make a U turn, do it. And so I flipped the bitch. <laughs> I flipped the bitch and I uh I drove to where the swarm of lights converged and you know the again, rest of the with the rest of the moths. Dude, and <laughs> and to watch all these little flames in the night flying around on this desert plateau where People are flipping, and I'll always go back to that. Seeing people flip, thinking I'm going to go save them, and then realizing they're getting like four of their buddies who already saw them flipping their rig back up, and they're off again. They, yeah, like zero fucks. Yeah, at all. And it it's was such a weird, like, like uh, controlled chaos, like an orchestra, like coming, like just a dude, chaos. Hindsight being 2020, I don't know how I didn't wreck. I don't. I don't know how I didn't crash. It's like it was yeah. insane. Yeah. And anything you've ever heard about the hammers has probably been not detailed enough. It's uh, yeah. I 100 percent agree with you because even driving around Hammertown, there's like there's like eight different lanes going eight different directions. Right. Like you have at people, all times. Like you have someone on your left coming at you like they should be, and then you have someone on your right coming at you as well. And a so diagonal you, vector. And, and a like, diagonal vector. Like I mean, you have to have somebody your might be landing on you. Correct. You know. At any point, there could be a UTV launching off the berm <laughs> next to you. Like, there's, so you stupid. have to have your head on a swivel. On a swivel. Half these people are at least a six pack in. Correct. If not more. Yep. And somehow, I mean, don't get me wrong, bad things do happen, but yep. not nearly as many as you would expect, especially after 10 p.m. 100%. Like, it's such a weird orchestra of chaos that I just can't explain it any other way. I think you I think you explained it perfectly. I think it's just this total shit show. <laughs> but it's a beautiful shit show. Exactly. It's a beautiful shit show. <laughs> and so I get to where all the lights are, and I get out. If I ever release a musical album ever in my entire life, <laughs> that's, that's what it's going to be called. Beautiful shit show. Beautiful shit show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Frankie Clarkson. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so I get out and I and I realize, like the parking lot, like there's people made it a parking lot. So you park and then you walk, and I walk towards where I hear like noise, and I can't really see the crowd. And then you see like. 
headlights kind of sweep across um, the the sides of the valley, and you realize the entire side of the valley is covered in people. Yeah, it's almost like <laughs> it's like literal arena seating. It's like pulling out the cream cheese to put on your toast and seeing mold all over it all of a sudden. Like you think it's perfectly like normal, but it's not. It's far from normal, right? Like it's like it's like reaching, grabbing a piece of fruit, and it's covered in ants. I don't know. Like it's you you go and you see and you think it's just some rigs and a couple people granted the vehicle should have tipped it off like all the vehicles parked but yeah you don't know you just don't know you, you don't know what you're especially the first the time scale you yeah you don't know what you're the coming scope. into you, yeah you can't, you can't associate that's the two exactly together. it yeah it's the, it's the scope of what's happening God. and it was it was insane because the light sweeps the the valley wall and you realize suddenly it starts to click oh those are like all those little lights on the valley along the walls are are fires those are all fucking people all the way down there. Like, yeah, you see the people that as you're approaching, you see, you know, there's a group. You think that's it, but no, it it extends right. the quarter mile that is Chocolate Thunder. Yeah, you know, whatever that length is, and all the way up, and it is, it is it's just almost, bonkers. The best way I can describe it is if you've ever seen the Thunderdome, <laughs> and yes. like, and like, yes. and it, but instead of people hanging on the two dome, rigs enter, yeah, one rig leaves. Instead like. of hanging on the dome. They're hanging on the rocks. <laughs> They're just surround like the rock, like the valley walls are the Thunderdome. Any dip in the rocks eat too, or any like, any like uh, any crevice. Any crevice rocks, is a fire pit. Is a fire pit. Yeah, is a exactly. fire pit. <laughs> and you should wear a helmet. Why? <laughs> because people are throwing fucking dildos thirty feet across oh, the there's across so the much, canyon. There's just projectiles everywhere. <laughs> like like it's, these rubber whatever dildos fucking flopping in just, the wind, smacking people upside the head. Like. Just, beautiful dude beautiful shit show so dumb (laughs) and so i saw that and i go i need to build my shit for that you actually wanted to be a part of that i wanted to be (laughs) i I may be a part of it this year or next year actually in january maybe we'll see each other out there yeah (laughs) yeah there aren't many people that see that and go i want to be a part of that oh dude there's just (laughs) there's i mean don't get me wrong you look at the scale of people out there there's also a lot of people Right, that see that and want to be a part of it, so. Right, but I mean, I guess t- traditionally, if you're just like an Overland guy, you want to go out with your family or do whatever. Like, you're not trying to do that. It's shit. like the Burning Man of the off-road world. Yeah, yeah. isn't it's it? Like, it's like a big party, isn't it? Like it's that's kind of what it's like, right? It's, it's a like big ass party, crazy. Like instead of art installations, their vehicle builds. It right? is one of the, for so first off, There's, it's one of the largest races in the world. Yeah, flat out, flat out by like, by sheer scale like, of people like, who like attend. Just full stop. One of the largest in the world. It goes for two weeks, one week of pre-running. So the teams will go out there a week or a week ahead and pre-run the course, um, figure shit out, right? Test out their vehicles, whatever. And then the following week, shit kicks off. And then there's also a big vendor area called Hammertown, like where, yeah, um, you know, between between the the vendor area and like the encampment, it's truly a city. Like you said. It's like Burning Man. It turns into a straight-up city. It's just like a giant, like, pulsating living organism oh, in and of itself. Totally. And yeah. you've got to do some really stupid shit to get fucked with by the cops out there. That's and true. there's enough people that do, so there's always somebody getting fucking arrested. But for the most part, like, there's a, there's an order to the chaos. People kind of know what to expect for the right, most part. Right, right. And uh, they go out and they have a great time for, for a week, you know? two or two but yeah it's a lot of work for the teams that go out there so it is a proper race ultra four vehicles are amazing in my opinion oh they're Uh, like one of the coolest things to watch race in my opinion next to those the car rally trucks yeah those big ass semis yes yes and next to rally racing itself 
especially rallycross like i would say it's 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 a it's in my top three of those yeah like if i could ever ride or be in a vehicle and drive one or race one or just even sit shotgun it would be an ultra four or a trophy truck yeah hands down yeah. those are the two that like yeah i would bucket say list, trophy truck for sure yeah bucket list item checked mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean the, the reason why i like the ultra four and I, I think the reason why i get so many of my friends heckling me about trying to act like my jeep is an ultra four vehicles because i really love how functional those vehicles are yeah they, they go high speed across the desert they go into the rocks they crawl the rocks at high speeds yep or slow speeds but they crawl um you have to pull lines sometimes like you have to have every discipline of a good racer you've to got do to be well. yeah you've got to be a well-rounded racer to do that it's not just skinny pedal and hold on and keep the rubber side down right Right, there's so much more to it than there's a skill. There's more. It's a more well-rounded skill set that you have to possess. The vehicles themselves are fully well-rounded. Yeah, like um, the amount of pressure that these vehicles have to like you know maintain and um, withstand. Like it, it it runs the gamut. Like it's easy to specialize a vehicle for one thing. Right. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to put a trophy truck into a rock crawler or vice versa. Is what you're trying. You're speed crawling. Basically, <laughs> not to mention, not to mention you're drifting around shit because of the silt and sand and whatever. Like, you oh, know, yeah. it doesn't surprise me that Jr. Uh, Vong Engineer and uh, um, Lauren Healy yeah. are doing so well in, in Ultra 4. It's because you've got guys who are, who are accustomed to being out of control. Now all you're adding is kind of just knowing where to put your tires as you go up a hill. Right. And throwing all that shit together. But the drift mechanics kind of work the same, I would imagine, as like, you know, a Pro 2, Pro 4 truck running short course or, you know, running on asphalt, which doesn't have any give to it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a constant game of managing managing inertia and managing, like, spots of traction. Mm-hmm. Because if you obviously, if you hit the track, if you, if you get traction in the worst time, you could flip your vehicle or mm-hmm. launch you in a different direction, mm-hmm. right? So it's this weird, like, dance of of having zero control and just relying on sheer inertia to take you in the direction that you're, that you plan to go and then, ha- and then maximizing those tiny little moments of traction, yeah. right? Where you can just like get another punt, another kick well, to the next one. Not to mention there's a lot of whoops out there and shit, yeah. like changing terrain. I mean, it's easy to set up a vehicle. Well, not easy. I'll take that back before you guys tar and feather me, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's easy to set up a vehicle for a certain thing in terms of, it having been done, people knowing a, a basic formula. There's an easy formula. Yeah. There's, there's a roadmap. There's there's a basic roadmap. Correct. In any one given thing, Ultra 4 tends to combine like three, four things together. Yeah. And that's really cool. That's super cool. So anyway, so seeing them has always been inspiring to me. Witnessing Chocolate Thunder and the spectacle that it was, uh, was inspiring. And so very early on after having built the Jeep, I said, I want to, I want to do that. I want to be able to do it, but I want to be able to do it in what I brought. Correct. You don't so, want to build an ultra four truck. How did that? That wasn't even in the scope of reality. Right. Yeah, for me. exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, now I know it is actually something that's potentially attainable in some ways, shape or form. Oh yeah. There's, there's where there's a will is a way. There's a path. There's but, a path. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> but you know, at that time, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm, I just want to get my Jeep to a place where I could do something like this. Right. And have fun. And, uh, so start, so it does ensued. Um, the, the second, third, third and a half phases of building this rig 
And, you know, I think even Martin, you know, after we were done with what we did, you know, when he got out, he goes, I'm really impressed. All the shit that you finally went through and picked out and, you know, decided on and implemented and the work that was done, it all worked. Like it actually all worked together. Yeah. I think that's the key word right there is that it all worked together. you know, I I really believe it was a fluke of what happened of just bad, um, bad recovery and poor choices and too much skinny pedal um, when I broke in Matino. Yeah. Out in Big Bear. Like, yeah, it was definitely a culmination of things, right? Yeah, that was like a perfect storm of shit. For sure. Lack of experience and whatever. Sorry, Scott. Should have listened to you. <clears throat> Whatever, Adam. Um, and uh, sorry, those are those are a couple of people who were involved in that experience. Yeah. Um, but you know, coming off of that, I, I told myself like, well, if that same thing happens again, then I know 100 percent for sure there's been an issue with how this vehicle was set up or built or, or whatever. Like you know, something's wrong with the direction. Well, it didn't happen. Yeah. Not only did it not happen, but I didn't just do it once. I did it a couple times. I did it three times. <clears throat> and we're talking about the initial hard loop, right? So Chocolate Thunder has a couple spots. Yeah. One is a is the first segment, I would say, the first half that has a it, it shoots off to the left and you can exit and come back around and be done. Because Chocolate Thunder is, is is effectively not a trail. It is a land feature. So it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's a land feature with multiple lines, multiple routes for different things. I mean it's I would say it is a trail because it is one primary, you know, notch in the canyon. So that one that was off the right that Lauren Healy was going up, so that's not Chocolate Thunder. That, I don't believe that's considered okay. Chocolate Thunder. Okay, right? so I, I thought it was the whole kind of like mountain I think that's, rocket face. that's off to the side of, like it was to the, so what Frank is referencing is it's crazy. I mean, it was like, it was magical watching like that. Like it was magical. I have photos of it, which I will share on the rig for dirt. I got video of the whole yeah. damn thing too. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be sure to share that stuff yeah. when this podcast comes out on Monday. Um, we will post photos of this because it's it is like you said magical, like it's yeah. nutty. By the way, speaking of this coming out on Monday, I hope all of you who are listening on the day of the release have had a very happy, merry Christmas. Yes, Kwanzaa, whatever the hell. Yeah, you Hanukkah, whatever you whatever you I'm, celebrate. I, I do Christmas, so Merry Christmas, whatever yep. else. I don't know, but I hope you had a good one. Yep, and uh, and Happy New Year, and Happy New. What is it? New Year? No, it'll be New Year the following weekend. The following, yeah. yeah. So have a happy. New so have a year. happy New Year. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe we'll see you in Johnson Valley. But going back to uh, going back to the story. So <clears throat> yeah, that that uh, that hill that Lauren went up. We'll we'll post the video. But I mean, I don't know if it was Jr. or Lauren. Whoever was driving, like, just did a, an amazing job of it. I think they did awesome. I don't. They never lost momentum. There's a couple points where you just you realize they had to be in it or else I don't know what was going to happen like but that momentum had to be kept up because that incline was what easily like I mean it was as close to 45 degrees yeah, as you get close to 45 yeah. Say, yeah I mean it was it was steep super steep so yeah I'd probably say it was a solid 35 yeah easy and so but that's off to the right doesn't even you don't even get to the opening of Chocolate Thunder. And when I say 35 that may not sound like a lot but keep in mind it's got boulders the size of cars correct and and it's covered in dust and dirt. So none, like it's, this is, it's, you know, those giant hill climbs that you see those moto yeah. guys do. Yeah. This is the, the ultra four equivalent of that. Yeah. When those guys go up that giant cliff face and they launch off the top, 
that's this. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. I don't know. I mean, I I haven't seen the entire uh, uh, Ultra Four course, so I don't know what all. Like, I know there's quite a few obstacles that are driven on yeah. as part of the the Hammers track, um, but. Uh, yeah. Anyways, for for me, for you, it sounds like it it was impressive. Totally. Yeah, and I'm totally fine. <laughs> it's okay. I'll educate myself later. Um, <clears throat> so what had what had happened? Uh, the reason for us to be there is I had this dream, I had this plan. So fast forward three years, we're there at Johnson Valley Chocolate Thunder. Thanks to Nova Auto, um, they make electronics. Uh, I'll just give them a quick plug. Yeah, absolutely. Innova makes electronics for the do-it-yourself diagnostic diagnostic stuff, tools. Right? Uh, OBD2 heavy in OBD2 uh, diagnosing. Nothing about programming, just diagnosing. Um, they also make a lot of really great do-it-yourself uh, tools like uh, uh, snake cams. Yeah, yeah, those snake cams are awesome because you can bend the tubing and get a camera where you really need it. I used it once when I was, I need to get my hands on one of those. I know I've lost some stuff that I need to find. You don't have one. No. <laughs> oh really? No. I thought you got one at summer camp. Okay. Well, I've got two. I'll give you one. So Innova does those products and, uh, you know, other things like, uh, they have a tool that I love called power check. So when I did my engine swap, I pulled all the wires out. Yeah. Well, when it's one o'clock in the morning and you're trying to get through shit, you just pull shit out and you forget to label every little thing. Right. Oh, okay. I see where you're going. Yeah. And so my lights stayed unplugged after the swap because I had no idea where the hell anything went. Well, I used this tool called a, the power check from Nova. I'm able to push power into a wire and light up whatever it is connected to. So, Oh, wow. So it provides power to it, the wire? It provides power to oh, the wire. Wow. And it shows you voltage. It shows you everything. So Shit, that's cool. It's it's a bitching little tool, and it's one of my... I so would you can you got a stack of wires in your hand from a loom that you don't know where it goes. Correct. You can just quickly activate each one and see what happens. Yep. That is rad. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's bitching. Look at the brain on these guys. I know. I know. <laughs> so um, I highly recommend checking them out. Uh, great product, but also a huge supporter of what I'm doing. So... You know, I would say Kate's officially sponsored, like in terms of, you know, people that back me to do this shit and give me access outside of parts. Yeah. Uh, Casey, uh, Stinger Off-Road, Innova Electronics, and Rugged Radios. Yeah. So these these four have been huge in, in helping me uh, get out there and do what I want to do. So that's my, uh, I feel impel compelled to have to, you know that out there no yeah they were a big part of this especially the, especially what we're talking about contextually like what we're talking about at chocolate thunder like like big part of it yep so Innova came in uh they they came in to do a full production so we got it all on video there's there's proof man. yeah the proof is there and um you know like we had mentioned earlier uh martin had a plan just so you know, full disclosure, like because we did interviews, right? You had us do interviews, yeah. or they had us do interviews. Uh -huh. You're full like, he's not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, full disclosure. Uh, I'm going to fully throw Blake under the bus, and he wanted me to talk shit. So just so you know, oh, really, just so you know, I believed in you. <laughs> I knew you could do it. I got your back. But. But. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not throwing Blake under the bus. It was fun. It was it was just kind of hilarious when he was saying, do the sound bites. Like, you know, kind of like do yep. the quick one-liners, right? And I was like, oh, no one's ever asked me to just throw out quick one-liners. You know? So <laughs> it I'm like. pretty natural, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Um, we'll see. We'll see I should what just this, stop talking now. We'll see what this video looks like. <laughs> but we've got a, we've got a five-minute quick mini-doc. Yeah. Based on it. We'll have like a minute coming out. 
I don't know exactly when I'm going to release it. Um, I've yet to see a draft, so I'm hoping to get that in a week. But I'm thinking like it might coordinate well with uh, King of the Hammers right around the corner. Yeah, I think, I think so. About a month and a week and change out. So um, it'll be cool. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, Martin, Martin had a plan. And Martin's plan was completely different from what I expected of what we were going to do that day. Oh, yeah. That's how we started this conversation, huh? That Martin had a yep. plan. <laughs> Martin, Martin had a plan. And Martin usually does have a plan. Yeah, he usually he's, does. He's a great guy in that, in that respect. And he's extremely knowledgeable. And, you know, when you realize somebody like that's behind a tire company that you represent, you're, like, kind of stoked about the tires you're running. Yeah. You know, it's not like Martin's out there running some other tire because he just has this as a job. No, he, the dude truly believes in it. And he's been involved in it, and he's very hands-on with it. Um, and so, Martin's also co-dogged for a lot of people. He's he's driven with Jesse, right. like That's he right. knows Jesse from back in the day. Like, you know, Martin's been Martin's been in the mix for a minute, and he knows the hammers, and he knows Ultra Four, and he knows Jeeps, and he's a hell of a wheeler himself. We oh yeah, he is. We've been on. We've, oh, dude, I will <laughs> never. And this is like testament to him and you. I mean, but I will never forget fins and things night run <laughs> never like that to me that was a lifetime experience i will never forget that that and being on two wheels being on three wheels and then back on four yeah <laughs> that happened that happened yeah when we were trying to go up that rock remember uh, we, we, we rolled backwards <laughs> and i thought for i thought for a hot second i think you did too for a hot second we, uh, were, we were gonna go wheels up <laughs> uh, that wouldn't be the first time um <laughs> what a great night though man dude that night will go down. I mean, we still talk about it. Yeah, bit, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I will never forget the time that you were just like, trust me. You have to trust me. I need you to trust me. <laughs> so good. Yeah. We needed the force at that point. Oh, we 100% did. It was so good. We were, we were like, I mean, we were going within the speed limit of fins and things. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a. Oh, oh man. man. That was nuts. So good. Anyways. But yeah, um, so Martin comes up with this whole plan, and the plan was he was going to do a lesson on this video that we were filming. And at first, I was like, I was almost going to be annoyed. I was almost like, this isn't an instructional video. Are you hijacking is- the video? No, no, not even that. <laughs> not even that. Like, I didn't give a fuck about that because Martin was, he was part of it no matter what. But yeah. I'm like, this isn't a, like, but, I, but then I saw what he was doing. And I saw what his plan was. And how invested he was to see it happen, yeah, and to see it actually happen. And for me, and to there's come a lot away, of value in what he was doing, dude. And for me to come away from it a better driver, yeah, a better wheeler, yeah. And you know, at the end, for Martin, you know, I asked him, I'm like, yeah, so can I hang out with you and the big guys now, like you know, you and your friends? <laughs> and and Martin was like, straight up, yep, like you know, you Rad. did good. Like I was like, okay, rad. That's bitching. So, you know, when it comes to wheeling, there's two types, I'd say. There's or three types. One is the the amateur novice know-it-all and i was guilty of that at some points and what i was doing but i always my plan was always just i wanted to break you know i almost wanted to break i always wanted to like push it yeah to the point of where it was interesting right right Whatever. right right let's see what it'll do like I, I wanted to learn hard yeah and i did the last three years have been a fucking yeah i mean there's something to be said leading piggy bank of there's something to be said money. about learning from the mistake of others but sometimes the best lesson is the one that you experience holistically yeah. from top to bottom you experience the reward and the pain and all of it and that's that's got a lot of value too and sometimes oh, you can't totally. you can't stand in the way of someone who who wants to experience that for a very deliberate reason well i mean look you you get this one life you get this one chance and we're gonna get a little meta 
at this point. <laughs> Not a virtual world made by Zuckerberg, but just the the philosophy of life and of overcoming shit that you, you know, maybe thought you it's not for you or it's it couldn't be you it's somebody else who's always going to go do it right i mean straight up in the last four years i've built easily a you know a jeep that is worth a couple jeeps yeah and coming from a super impreza that you know even the payment on that alone i didn't you know there were times where i was like oof this is shit's tight right now right right but when you have when you have focus when you have a plan inside and it doesn't have to be a five year fucking business plan. It could be as, as simple as I want to do as a goal. X. Yeah. Just put what, a goal down. Yeah. Yeah. Like how do I get to Y? How do I achieve Z? Like it's just getting, getting that goal, you know, and then going from there and just pushing towards it. And for some people it takes 10 years. Some people retire and finally have the money to go do the shit that they wanted to do when they yeah. were 30 or 40. Yeah. Um, you know, some people like me, like I, every year, I don't know. I'm weird. I, every year I think is my last year. Like, you know, I, I feel like time is so fleeting, right? Oh, I remember like it was yesterday repeatedly in my late teens and early twenties, I would tell my friends and not just like, like flippantly, like true belief because of the dumb shit we were doing at that age. Mm-hmm. There is no way I'm making it to 40. Oh, yeah. not happening. That's just not. That's just not. If there's no way that living the way that I live life, that that's going to happen. Right. No, you were living for the moment, exactly. and you were totally fine with it because 40 sounded like a million years away. Exactly. Yeah. That was like another lifetime. No, I totally get it. I have a tattoo of uh, of hash marks on the back of my neck, which is like there's like two marks, two tick marks, and then five with a slash through it. Right. So it's 25. 25 was my. That was your number. That was my number. I was like, dude, I was burning hard. Like, yeah. I, I was couch surfing for like a year. I was going to every single party I could. Um, and maybe that's where I, I learned how to how to work the the sponsor thing. Because it's if I think back about like the rave days of getting oh, into it's parties, a lot of experience in social engineering. Yeah, social like just socially 100%. getting along with people and understanding like what they need, what you might be provide, what you might be able to provide it's as survival. value. Yeah, yeah, to get what you want without having to maybe pay for it. Right, exactly. Because I don't have, I don't have fucking twenty five. No, dude, none of us, none of us in our early twenties, being this chaotic, had any kind of money. Right, like, unless you. Unless you came from money or you were more methodical about your livelihood, there was no way that you in your early 20s or teens were living in this kind of chaos and, and had money. Dude, I couldn't afford drugs, but no. I was on drugs. <laughs> How does that work, right? Oh, no, yeah, dude. That was like, I mean, we were drinking almost every weekend. Alcohol's not cheap. Well, it can be cheap, but the alcohol we were drinking wasn't cheap, and I wasn't. I didn't have that kind of money. Yeah. You know, like it was, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm giving, maybe we're giving away too much too of our much, past, yeah. but still. like, Well, I understand. And especially, I know some of you have young, young, youngsters that uh, listen to this podcast, which I, I just stuttered because every time I think about that, it like totally shocks me. Can I, well, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't let my kids listen to this shit. Um, but, you know, for those young ones of you out there listening, um, know this, you make mistakes and I would never wish the mistakes I made on anyone else. And that includes partying and partying to an extent that I was forgetting about like my future uh, doing things that, you know, were counterproductive to me moving forward in life. I will also say this, that unless you're dead, there's very, there's, there's a handful of mistakes in life that you can make where there's no turning back for everything else. I mean, I think both of us are proof. Like you can make mistakes and you can rectify, you can rectify them. Magic Johnson is healthy as fuck with AIDS. 
So yes, there you go. Not everything is is, and it's hard when you're young. So if you are a younger person listening, like I I go through this right now with my nephews um, and or my nieces, and we're like, and I see it. I don't even I don't even, I don't even talk to them. I just see it where where that moment is the most critical moment in their life. Right. Like if they're having a meltdown or they're super depressed about a breakup or something that didn't go right, like it's it is life ending dude some, monumental. some people never grow out of that shit it is monumentally life ending yeah. moment and like in, a, in in some ways that's good because you have to go through those enough to see that it's not that right? they're just whatever yeah that that yeah. you're going to experience a lot of these in life you better start getting used to dealing with them right but but more importantly like once you gain perspective the sooner in life that you can gain that perspective the better off you're going to be right so i know some old dude telling you that over your car speakers is maybe not going to change your mind but if it does you will win trust me well somebody might even be older than you listening to this and i think it could have some value for them because you know i catch myself sometimes really reacting to shit that doesn't mean anything yeah oh i do i do it too and sometimes it's just a knee-jerk reaction we talked about this yeah like the stories we make in our heads yeah exactly we the make these gaps own, you we, fill exactly Exactly. We make these own stories in our heads, filling gaps between things that we see, trying to make sense out of things. And we make assumptions you spin out in your own head. And nine times out of 10, it's wrong. Yep. It's just you spinning out on worst possible scenarios, you know, and it's not true. Just let it, let it play out. Let it play out. Let the things happen and then adjust for those things and move forward. Like if you ever want to find out what somebody thinks about how you think, the next time they ask you a question, put okay, dot, dot, dot. The way they respond to you of like what they think might be going on in your head, whether whether they think you're taking it negatively, they might think that you're that you look at what they say in a negative manner. Yeah. You know, like you can force somebody to fill in the dots of what they truly feel about you as a person. Yeah. Let their subconscious kind of take over. Right. On filling in the gaps. And you, you can shouldn't necessarily do it, but I'm just saying no. you could. But you could or yeah. you can just do it as a self-experiment. Like next time you see that. Someone just answers you, okay, dot, 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 yeah. stop and actually think about what your first thought was yep. and why, yep. right? Do you think that they're, do you think that they think they're cooler than you? Do you think that they think that their time is more important that than they're yours? judging you, that they're judging you? Like, yeah. You know, there's so much to it and we, and always, are they really, because yeah. they're probably not, we always think we have it figured out, but we don't. Yeah. Like a perfect example. And I wasn't going to get into this, but I think it's a, it's a, it's a good example of what, because it actually happened to us. And oh, but you weren't totally wrong. No, no. But what I was talking about, like, but I, I in your, my mind, your interpretation was worse than what yes, it was, exactly. Yeah. In my mind, it was so much worse. So, like, I did a post yesterday on Instagram where I, I was happy with myself because I shot, I flew my drone, and I got some cool footage of cool. of Ollie yeah. doing his thing, and and so I was very happy, pleased with myself. I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm gonna post it. I'm gonna share it. I'm gonna blow it up. Like this is rad. And then. I was like, well, you always challenge yourself. Like, well, what am I going to, what's the caption here? Like, what am I going to write? So then I was like, well, I'm going to write what I took away from that moment. Like what, you know, as someone who was an, an outside observer, what did I take away from his accomplishment? What was the lesson? And so I wrote that out and I didn't actually put your name in it. I just wrote right. it out. And then I put my usual like tale of like people who built, who built the FJ and all that kind of stuff. Right. All your sponsors. Right. Correct. On a pic, on a video of me. Right. But it was a video of, that I shot and I that know. I added music to and that I did treatment to and editing right so in the way that i was from my perspective it was my work right right so that was from my perspective but you were the subject and so i was the talent <laughs> except not for yeah, yeah i was the motherfucking talent <laughs> you don't and go so, you don't take tom cruise's video <laughs> 
and put your sponsors on it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm half kidding. And so, um, Ali starts posting like, or he, you replied to a couple of, to a comment with a, a laughing. Well, emoji. no, they the guy goes. Oh no, you put your tag. That was Kate. You said that was Kate. Uh, not, well, not, that, that was Kate. Not, not an, FJ. an FJ. Yeah, and because uh, this one guy goes, oh, that's awesome. You know, like or whatever he said, and um, and then you were like, oh, he did well, and I'm like, and then I laughed. I yeah, did, like the laughing thing. I'm like, he would know I did if you even put my name in it. Right. But you thought I was actually pissed about something completely like Yeah, like, so when I read that saw that laughing emoji, I was just like and then I saw that you made the statement that that was a that was Kate not an FJ. I was like, "Holy shit, does he think that I'm saying that's me in the video? That's me doing this crazy like rock feature? No. That's my accomplishment? Like does he think that I'm completely stealing like his accomplishment and what he just did for, and and pose and posing it as my own?" Like I completely yeah, like which literally because I'm like no literally my stomach turned like I felt sick <laughs> to my stomach thinking that that I had just catfished your moment no. to to a bunch of other people and, and some people might have not who didn't know you might have thought that but you know you you put you said hey drone shot of Kate the Jeep I'm like that's cool yeah like <laughs> but that but again right like how we fill in our own kind of narrative our own story we we take we make assumptions and leaps about what the other person's state of mind is or what their intention might have been. And it usually it usually ends up backfiring straight up. Like No, like, and, and for me, like one of my biggest things is like I like to be in control of my shit. And I haven't posted any videos really of what is what we're talking about, which is what happened up in Johnson Valley. Yeah. So when I saw that, that was probably the only real thing that I was even like kind of like annoyed at like where i'm like oh fuck frank fucking posted but then that i was over that but there was fast. nothing to show because it was, there was cool. really nothing to it was, show. It, like, it was, was really cool and yeah. i was like whatever um but I, I i'm like you know and that's how i market too like when i do marketing it's like hush hush like ain't gonna tell you what's that i want to pull the curtain back yeah i, I'm yeah. Gonna, I want to pull the curtain you're gonna be surprised when i say so um but it works yeah. it works it works like you know nine out of ten times yeah it tends to get people hyped up a little bit they're looking forward to it and then they're stoked when they finally see it uh like we sold out the kc flexor threes and fours like that like correct know, i remember yeah. that yeah um so yeah so martin had a plan he was going to do this full instructional thing of this whole like uh lesson play-by-play of like we're going to go do some simple shit and this is where i have to swallow my pride completely um the rock garden i mean i I went up the night before and I got up to the first main obstacle. Like, but we literally spent maybe like a half an hour to 45 minutes on that first little stretch leading up to that first obstacle with Martin where, you know, had I not swallowed my pride, I might've felt like, well, dude, you're making me look like a fucking little novice. But then I realized you you're making what? me jump through hoops for no well, reason. Well, no, right. But, but you know what, what got me over that was just going, I am a novice compared to Martin. I don't have his fucking years of experience. Yeah, put really. the ego aside and understand the reality of the situation. Dude, that should have to go on the shelf like, yeah. right away. And yeah. I don't give a fuck what I've done. It's been few and far in between. Yeah. Whether and you brought him out here for a reason. Yeah, for a right? reason. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not going to not listen to this guy. Yep. And he, if he's got a plan, the reason why I wanted him to be Kodog is to get me through this shit. Yep. Because he knew it. Yep. So how am I going to start now telling him what to do or what's what what's going to be what? No, fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm going to trust I'm going to trust that he has my best interests at heart and we're going to do it. Yep. And honestly, like it was, you would pay a few thousand dollars straight up. I, my buddy Chuck, uh, does Baja instruction. He charges a good amount of money, uh, to teach trophy truck drivers how to drive through Baja. Yeah. 
Um, you know, he charges for that yeah, shit. It's a skill. Martin, it's got value. Martin could have straight up charged me a shitload of money to get what I got that day. Yep. I'm lucky I have really good friends. I'm lucky that you guys came, you photographed the majority of it. John, yeah. John from Minova, who's happened to be a good photographer, yeah. took a bunch of photos. He took a bunch of photos yeah. and his drone out too. Like, oh, he didn't I mean, have he to. Was, yeah. He was already paying for the he damn production. Yeah, yeah, he was just stoked to be a part of it. Um, as actually we stayed, all were. I stayed at his dad's house the night before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, you know what, um, really quick too about Martin, like I felt like in that moment too, like he was also building trust and also solidifying the method of communication so that you guys were on the same page when you were talking to each other. Right. Because I noticed that he was giving you a lot of direction when you were doing those kind of practice runs where you were turning around, doing yep. it again, coming over rocks, turning it around. Like it was part of it was you learning the feeling of the vehicle and where you were getting hung up and understanding your spatial awareness of the vehicle and kind of how it's approaching and, and yeah, departing. hundred percent. You know, but it's also like you trusting what he's telling you and your interpretation of what he's telling you and making sure that you guys sync up so that yeah. when he gives you direction, you know exactly what he's telling you to do and you're not filling in any blanks on your own. Correct. Yeah. I mean, um, it even goes to like some of the most basic shit, like uh, flipping a bitch on a trail. Yeah. Where you're like, your brain's telling you you're at an incline. Yeah. You're not turning the vehicle around, bro. Like, <laughs> and he's telling me, okay, yeah, just flip a bitch here and like do it again. I'm like, I can't flip a bitch here because I'm on an incline and I'm going to roll over. Yeah. He goes, you're not going to tip over. You're totally stable. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Uh, you're wrong. That's what I wanted to say, but I'm right. like, you sure? Yeah. <laughs> For real? <laughs> and it's like, he's like, yeah, dude, no, you're far from tipping. I'm like, okay, fuck it. You know, this is where we're building trust. Yep. And I did it. I'm like, holy shit, I didn't flip over. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. It's such a trip. It's and also I, the the feeling in the cab is so much different than so what people different. see on the outside. Dude, it feels like you are 90 degrees. Yes. Like, it feels like oh, you're 100%. facing the ground. You're not facing I, the ground. Bro. I deal with that in the FJ all the time when I feel like I'm going to roll the FJ and everyone's like, dude, you're only like six feet off the ground. Yeah. You're like, fine. You're, you're okay. <laughs> and so, you know, understanding that my vehicle is more capable than I thought it was, that the, the, the physics of my vehicle were able to deal with that type of suspension geometry and you know articulation it was fine yeah everything was planted it was okay that was that was what i had to get used to yeah. mentally yeah and uh and then after a few reps of that i got more confident and so when it came time later on that he still had me fucking flip a bitch and go like i swear dude the most frustrating thing was not knowing what I was, what I had in store, dude. We would have been done in literally like forty-five minutes. Oh, totally. When I, I remember when you did it the first time, I was like, "That's it, we're done, we're done." Yeah, yeah. like I, it's and I to can, know to know what was beyond that first loop. And you didn't know how many times I was gonna have you practice yeah. before you actually did it. So you were just like, "When are we gonna get to it?" Dude, I was like, <laughs> I was like, "What is going on? Wait, what do you mean we're doing this again? Like, you don't understand? We just." rolled the dice like yeah. we got lucky bro like right you really want mission, a <laughs> mission accomplished and so he's like if you do it one time it's like that little like song that i'm gonna that i'm gonna post soon you do it one time they're, they're gonna call it luck yeah it's true they're gonna two you're gonna do it two times they're still gonna talk shit do it three times they can't say anything yeah because at you, that point you've you've got you've proved that you've got it and that's what martin wanted to do martin yeah. wanted to be like look if you do this one time, they're not. People are still going to talk shit. You're still going to deal with the same crap. You're yeah. not going to get out. You're not going to get out from underneath this this place that people have put you. That you're just some dumbass overlander trying to act like you can crawl. Right. And 
you know, and I think there's different definitions of being able to crawl. One is your vehicle is capable of following what somebody else is going to tell you to do. And the other is your vehicle is capable of doing things that you wanted to go do. So I think I'm in the middle of that. Like I went and did, you know, John Bull and, and uh, Gold Mountain by myself at night with no help, no winching, no line pulled, like just got through it all on my own. So I think I, I think I'm, I'm think I'm better than novice now. I think I'm yeah a solid amateur. Yeah, you're intermediate. I'd say yeah, like you solid you've, intermediate. You've crested into intermediate. Yeah. Like that was not an easy obstacle, especially with the vehicle that you have, the weight that you're carrying on the vehicle. Right. That was that was an accomplishment, dude. Straight up, like I don't care what anybody says. There's no way around it that anyone can tag that as anything less than an accomplishment. But still, doing it once, I totally would agree. Like yeah, you could have gotten lucky. It's questionable. Yeah. Right. You could be like, oh, you got lucky. Everyone gets lucky once. Right. And, you know, going through it a few times, it just, it got to a place where, you know, and, and, and let me tell you, success in this case would have also been pulling winch line and connecting to like a dead man and, yep. you know, pulling up off of a rock. That would have also been ultra fours do it dude. that would have been yeah. considered success yeah. on this, on this trail. Um, it is not, it is not the hardest trail. Yeah. But, I, I agree. I'm glad you said that because I really, I expected it to be like way crazier even than Matino, mm-hmm. right? And there were some Matino ass things first, about it. Dude, the first that uh, first the first obstacle was Matino. Yeah, up. totally. That was that was that obstacle. Yep. That was redemption, and like we said, we did that first main hard obstacle. That's like a, it's like a little shelf. Yep. And it's a shelf, to, and you gotta like kind of come up over the yeah. left, right? Not only do you have to come up over it, but you have to come up over it to the left. Yeah, There's a little a pivot, hard left. Yeah, and it's like fuck, like. So instead of just being able to get forward momentum, which is kind of like we were talking about Dusty and him guiding me up a big boulder, that boulder, what I had going for me was it was very straight on. It was straight. Yeah, it was the, straight the, up. The, the approach was straight. The line was straight. The exit was straight. It yep. was just straight up. Like as long as you had momentum, you weren't cockeyed, like you were getting through it. Yeah. This one, you're going up, but then you have to get cockeyed and you lose your momentum. So you can't even, you don't really benefit from being able to uh, run and bump. Yeah, you, you can't throw out a lot of this one. So... The bumping had to be done earlier on, which I wasn't used to, because I I normally would associate that kind of like having that that much like runway to then hitting the rock and then going up, right? To just breaking shit, right? But it's just what you had to do on this one. So um, I definitely questioned if and not it would I think it would be easier because the FJ weighs like half as much as the Jeep, right? But I definitely questioned if the FJ could do that. I think you know having like, done it, I think. Even if you have the pull line, like you can get through that shit. Yeah, like, like it made me question, like, ah, this kind of looks like a like doable. Like I could, I I don't have the skill set personally, but I think the vehicle does. Like I think it's doable for the vehicle. So we're gonna bring out Frank at uh, at King of Hammers on uh, January of 2022. <laughs> Look for us Thursday night, Chocolate Ham, Chocolate Thunder. Uh, FJ is gonna go up Chocolate Thunder. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, man. I mean. Getting through that first one, getting through it again on the second time, and then going on the third attempt and then breaking. Yeah. And the break was so loud inside. Like, I was like, what the fuck just happened? Oh, it happened? was loud outside. Dude, I thought- <laughs> We heard the, that, that's typical, like, snap, pop, crunch it was, <laughs> that you hear. It was like deja vu. Like, it hit me it like was. a ton of bricks. It was. Suddenly, I'm like, oh, my God, here we are again. Everything's going to start happening again. Like, we're fucked. You yeah. Know? And- I mean, uh, it was very reminiscent of Mutino. It was super similar. Yeah. And, the difference between it was when I broke on Matino, it was some of that it was some of that hubris. It was yeah. some of that like I'm just gonna fucking push the gas pedal and we're gonna get yeah. through it. 
And, you know, Scott's out there yelling, stop, stop, stop. And I'm looking at him before it registers in my brain. Maybe I should stop. And then by the time I stopped, I'd fucked a lot of shit It was too late, yeah. We had fucked a lot of Like, I remember even the joke you made, like, when we were almost done fixing it. You're like, hey, why don't you go check the back of the Jeep? (laughs) Dude. Make sure the springs are, make sure the rear shocks are still still attached. At Chocolate Thunder, we made that joke because... You know, Montino, I broke both of my shafts. Like, yeah. no one had, no one's ever seen this shit happen yeah. before. Yeah, two slinkies in the back. Dude, two <laughs> shock shafts, high-strength steel just snapped in half. And uh, so when this happened on Chocolate Thunder, and we ended up pulling the axle, similar to what we did before, um, we, uh, I naturally thought, for sure, the rear is probably fucked too. Yeah. Again. Nope, rear was fine. Not only was the rear fine, but since we couldn't get the front left tire where we needed it to be, which was a big part of us getting up and over uh we got winched up that one spot and then i thought we were done i thought we were going to just take the bypass back and leave <laughs> yeah and martin straight up goes well martin gets into the rig and i look at martin and go we have to finish this can we finish this in three-wheel drive he goes oh we are finishing it nice i was like what I'm like for real bro the confidence i was just, like we're doing this i was like for real I was like, he's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to finish this. I'm like, fuck yeah. So that's rad. And then we went and I'm like, okay, so he's probably gonna have me go up this little sand hill and we're going to be done. Nope. Kept going. And we hit the, like the next rock shelf and got up it and no line, nothing. And yeah. just fit it. And we, and then did the big steep sandy hill climb to the top. Yep. And we were done. We were done. We were done. Legitimately done. Yeah. And it was, it was the best single best experience next to that EJS from three years ago of doing the pickle. Yeah. Oh, that's 3D. right. Yeah. Accomplishing 3D in the pickle with the Sexton team and yep. Yukon was akin to what I felt with this Chocolate Thunder attempt. That's cool. Because that was a big night. Huge. And so, you know, I can't wait for the video to come out. I can't wait to show everyone, like, what type of capable vehicle that me and John from Castle Fab and Hal from Autotech and Justin from Crash Fab and all the partners, the countless partners that came on, the ones I already talked about, and then the other ones like Curry Enterprises and, you know, um, freaking Bruiser Conversions and and all, all the people that came on to make this a reality. Like, you know, the people that have been there for me from day one, uh, you know, J.E. Real. I, I got to put out some of these names. Yeah. Because they were like so pivotal. UConn, yeah, do it. UConn, do Deer it. and Axel, like Evil Manufacturing with all the armor that has literally held up over the past, you know, fuck, three and a half years. Um, you know, so just huge thanks to them. Huge thanks to all the smaller companies out there. TerraFlex, like not being a small company. Sorry. TerraFlex <laughs> being a very large company. Uh, Bill Steen, Eibach, yeah. you know, Rebel with the recon kit, like, you know, um, Everyone who's been behind the build, um, and literally I can probably spend the next 20 minutes talking about them, but it's starting to sprinkle on us now that it's getting darker and we're, we're, we were expecting look at the cloud, dark clouds are coming right at us. Yeah, so I think we've got a, at least five minutes. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, to have a vehicle that has like a, a Camp Chef, you know, <laughs> grill... Uh, Snowmaster fridge, a goose gear, full yeah. setup in the rear. Yeah, it's got a full camp kitchen Dude, setup. Yeah, I had, a, I had my Rome awning, my my kickass um, shower yeah. room. Yep. I had my front runner fucking rack, my yep. eye camper tent. The water, eleven gallons of front runner water yeah. container. Dude, yeah, this thing's got everything. It, it wasn't like we left it at home. We no. took it all off. And no, then we, we didn't, did this. We didn't gut it and prep it for this. No, it was like 
it was it was you basically could have camped in this thing that night it was my first proper crawling trip outside of my night trip that i did at Hulk oh the solo trip yeah the yeah solo trip with the new motor setup with the new transmission i don't have hill descent control anymore i don't have like the brake assist anymore like it's all manual like it's 100 yeah. percent manual now. yeah There's, usually when you hit the clutch it'll engage the brakes yeah and you won't roll back that's been huge for me oh wow i don't have that really so everything you know the lights huh it, it was just all ready to ready to throw down and it all worked and you know i'm i'm super appreciative of everyone's time energy you know just you know how good it sounded with the magnaflow system like all that came together yeah it really did to just you know get this done and we got it done and you know, I couldn't have asked for a better support team. You know, you were there. John was there. Uh, Henry from uh, Curry yeah. was there with his son. Um, we had uh, Blake and Rachel from Skypixel Media there. Uh, really appreciate the photos you took again. Um, it's. I mean, even the guys that we met with their, oh, the buggies? their built buggies. Yeah. I mean, dude. The fact that those guys so were like. Fun. They hung out just to like watch and not even watch the heckle. Like they were like invested in it. Yeah. Like they, I think they originally were thinking they were going to heckle, but yeah. then they realized. It was actually happening. Oh, this is a thing. Yeah, yeah, this is happening. Yeah, for real. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, they and were so, they were rad. Yeah, and you know, again, going back, huge thanks to John uh, from Innova to 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 support me and to believe in what I was trying to do. Yeah, um, to do the video production. I so I have something to share with everyone from this. Uh, it's huge. Yeah, it was huge. rad. So, thank you, everyone. Uh, and to everyone who I've missed, I haven't just. Check social. I'm always posting about all of you. There's guys. more to come. Yeah. yeah, this is gonna be. Yeah, there's more to come with the video and everything that's coming. Mm -hmm. They'll. Yeah, there's more to come for there's, sure. There's a ton to come. So, um, with all that said, I think uh, I really appreciate you guys listening to my little special moment. I, <laughs> Frank, thanks for making the trek out here with, with me to Wrightwood, which, you know, I couldn't tell you four years ago that I would be yeah. telling a story like that. With oh, a, dude, it's with it's, a Jeep like this. It's so polar opposite than how it began. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I mean. I think it's just, you know, just be true to yourself, what you want, what you believe in that you want to do. Like yep. for me, it was, I want, I want to have fun and I wanted, I always wanted to be a drift, you know, I wanted to race in Formula D. Yeah. Never got there. This is my, this is my redemption. Yeah. Got you've got to put the goals out there. You got to put that line in the sand and then reach for it or it yeah. ain't going to happen. Or it's not going to happen. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and I've gone close and backed away and this time I'm like, fuck it. You know, I'm at a place in life where it's like, I can do it. So I hope all of you listening who have those dreams or ideas or ambitions or plans like it may not happen tomorrow but if you stick with it just stick with it just stick with it it could happen for yeah, you absolutely 100 percent. so on that note pay some bills yeah, pay some bills all right first up is our good friend jason demello uh over at demello off-road building fine fine armor actually jewelry almost mm -hmm. for your toyota and lexus vehicles bumpers front and rear sliders all the goodies they also do installs so if you need that bumper installed they have winches that can go in there uh they put in my casey lights when they did my bumper nice like they do the whole bit so it's not just selling their full service right over there at the mellow off-road and they're right if you're local to southern california they're right here in corona they've got their shop right there so give them a call set up a time and they'll get you dialed in and i think right now the rarity is they actually might have some bumpers in stock for oh time. really yeah so and that's that's rare because they go quick so check him out demello off-road yeah why don't you uh why don't you tell us a little something, something about uh, the next sponsor next sponsor is our good friends at rebel off-road and those guys are local well especially to me they're like down the street from me um 
big props to them over in Laguna Hills and now also in Texas. Um, they also make armor specifically for Jeeps, JT and JL bumpers front and rear. They also have their Explorer rack for the JT. Um, really cool setup. Very modular. Not to mention the dual shock system that I That's have. That's right. And the recon. my Jeep and yep. the coilover conversion. For Seen the on some of the most badass Jeeps out there straight up. That's like true. you'll see a lot of really cool vehicles that are doing some crazy things and they all have the recon DSS setup. If you want to know how well it works, just wait until my video comes out. You'll see yeah. me do the dumbest shit yeah and i yeah i mean i was a believer after fins and things personally right, like that yeah. was just freaking that nuts was that was mind-blowing so definitely check them out that system is no joke but they're also a wealth of talent like those guys they're always willing to have a conversation with you on the phone give you advice lead you point you in the right direction yep. so to make sure that your build is not just cool but also extremely functional and meets the goals that you're trying to accomplish totally yeah they're pushing the bilsteins too from yeah based off of what i've done and what some other people have done they're they're sold on the Bilstein. Yeah, so they, absolutely. And there's just a the wealth of knowledge from those guys between Bond, Taylor, Evan, all those guys. So on uh, on to our last one, which is Milestar Tires. I mean, this is this is near and dear personal for me. Um, I've been running them for um, a couple years now, and I've, <laughs> I've had zero issues. Um, again, if you want the best all-around mud train tire that you could get, it's going to be the Patagonia. Uh, I now can talk about the MT2 that I've been running. Um, you know, they it's their second compound. Uh, they've invested a lot more money into the rubber um, to make sure that it performs better, that it's more capable, and it definitely is. So, um, very thankful to uh, to Milestar Tires. I'm very thankful to Martin, especially for Milestar and Andrew both. But Martin, I mean. Once in a blue moon, you'll find a guy like that who's as passionate and as knowledgeable and uh, is as versed in his craft as he is. Yeah. Like he gets Absolutely. tires. He knows what tires are supposed to do. He knows how they're going to work in different conditions. He knows what the vehicle is going to demand from it. Like that guy is a unicorn when it comes to really is. this world. You know, <laughs> there's a few people, and I, it's probably why him and I get along so well. It's just there's a few people out there that are doing cool shit and truly live the life that they they talk about yeah they're not no he walks the walk 100 percent. yeah they're not getting into it as they go like even i was that guy like i was getting into it as i go now i'd like to say i'm fully invested in and all about it but um martin is already there like he's he's been there for a long time yeah and um to have that company support my vehicle uh for the support that they've given me for the way that they've taken care of me um personally uh and product support and you know just maintenance has been huge. Yeah, it really has been. I'm not a racer. So the fact that they've they've supported what I've done without me having to prove myself on a racetrack has been awesome. Yeah. So huge thanks to Milestar. Uh, great tires, uh, not just because I run them, but they're quiet. They work great in the snow. They work great on the rocks. They work great in the desert. Like, you're good. Like, good tires. Like, you know, you want a specialized tire? There's tires out there with four-inch lugs on them. Like, right. you'll find those tires. They're there. Right. And, and they work amazing on the rocks. Right. You don't want to drive them on the street. <laughs> yeah, know? they're they're purpose-built, right? And they're that's the thing, right? Yeah. There's there's all-rounders. There's things that are that are good for a specific, very niche yep. use. And uh, just make sure you make the right selection for the right purpose. And if you're, if you're someone who is like most of us, which is driving to the obstacles and dealing with different types of terrain yep. on your trips because you don't just do the same type of wheeling every single time, that's where the benefit comes Dude, in. Dude, I'm not going to take a Toyo Proxies 
I don't even think they make my size, but I'm not going to take a Toyota Proxies <laughs> or a, a Falcon Azenus right. tire up up a trail. Right. You know, it'd make for some Although great I content. Although I think you tried right? the first <laughs> yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, I did uh, in the Subaru. And it did in the not Subaru, work yeah. Um, that was just stupidity. <laughs> the wrong stupidity. It was my, like, it was my like current about, stupidity is cool. The old stupidity was just, was just straight, sad just, and pathetic. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> um, anyways, so you guys got to stay with us thus far. We're very thankful for you. We hope you have an amazing uh, holiday. Uh, we're looking forward to talking with you guys after the new year. Yep. We are planning on changing our format up a little bit. We are, you know, Frank and I have been grinding. I mean, you guys have had a podcast every single two weeks for the last for three, three years. years, motherfuckers. <laughs> we deserve a break, a vacation. Everybody else gets a fucking vacation. Yeah. You know, and sometimes when we book three episodes, like we'll be able to have that break. But that's hard. That's it's not far and few between. And, way too far and with that with yeah. with what we're planning we're planning to supplement that with other stuff yeah like it's not like we're just going to take time off we're not at, we're not at all talking about that no we still got to do our playlists like, yeah we're we doing a bunch of other stuff yeah. that we're going to supplement and so we're just making room is really what we're doing we're yep. just making room so there's plans in the works we'll release more information on what that looks like we got some sponsors to year. talk to and yep so it may happen as early as the beginning of the year um so it may be a few weeks before you hear from us again or it may drag out like at least a month. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see how see. it goes. Yep. Yep. Um, but uh, on that note, thank you guys for uh, for following along and yet another adventure with us. Um, my name is Ali. You can follow me at Kate the Jeep. Also, um, I would highly recommend you guys check us out on our uh, our podcast channel and leave us a review. Check us out on our website at www.rigfordirt.com. Uh, that's R-I-G-G-E-D. F-O-R-D-I-R-T.com. Um, I know some of you have a hard time understanding what the fuck I'm saying. It's not my fault. <laughs> my voice is this way. I was born like this. Um, and uh, yeah. Yep. Thanks for listening. I'm Frank. You can find me at Trucky McTruckface. Thanks, guys. Thanks.